Hey everyone, welcome to another month's uh, episode here. We're here with John Albiston, the John Albiston. Uh, we're getting to chat with him about assimilation today and so excited to do that, uh, to talk about assimilation in youth ministry and what an effective assimilation strategy looked like. What even is assimilation? And so we're gonna talk to, uh, to John about that today. So uh, we're so glad you're with us and let's get right to it. John, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you're serving now and just a little bit about your story. Well, right now I work at uh, the District Office Resource Center here in Edmonton. And in the past, I've been a pastor for a number of years. Um, when I graduated from seminary, uh, my first probably nine years of being a pastor were nine years of really struggling. Um, at school, I learned a lot of academics and I learned my Hebrew and I learned my Greek, um, but I didn't learn actually how to do my job. Uh, so what I ended up doing was that first nine years of pastoring is just big borrowing and stealing whatever good idea I could possibly find. And what it felt like is that someone grabbed the big 1500 piece puzzle box, dumped out the pieces on the table and then took away the box top. So I'm stealing all these different pieces, trying to fit it together, trying to figure out how to do this. After about nine years, I kind of had the picture, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and then the next nine years of being a pastor, my churches grew at a rate of about 50% a year. My last church grew by 50% a year by conversion. So we saw hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ, which is super cool. Um, but what became apparent to me is as fast as we were growing, there's 30 million people in Canada who don't know Jesus. It was never gonna be fast enough. That what, what was really put on my heart is that we really, really had to get these resources out to other churches so that all our churches, I don't even care what denomination, all our churches have to start growing like this and reaching Canadians. And that's uh, when I got a call from uh, Gary Tatinger, our, our district superintendent, um, who invited me sort of come back to the denomination I was raised in and said, hey, would you be willing to travel around and help coach churches and help the ch other churches grow? And I'm like, I'm all about that. So that's literally what I do is travel from church to church to church to church to help them grow and grow specifically not by getting people to come from the Baptist church to our church instead, but to grow by reaching lost people. That's amazing. Well, John, I know that one of your big things is assimilation. You do uh, you do some seminars and stuff like that, which actually I'll link to in the uh, in the blogs as well as the video for this, um, so other people can see your previous seminars. But I do want to dig into a little bit of what you've talked about and and what you coach churches in with assimilation. So before we get there, though, like what is assimilation? Like, just help us understand a little bit about what it is. Sure. Well, it, in order for our churches to grow, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the whole church, you're talking about young, young adults, youth, children's, something basic has to happen. People from the outside need to come, and then they need to stay. Mm -hmm. um, that's how growing churches work. So the, the process of bringing people from the outside, letting them know that you exist and inviting them in, that's what we usually call outreach. You know, and that entails marketing and everything else like that. But once they actually show up, how we treat them from the parking lot um, to the end of whatever the event is, that's assimilation. It's how we treat those people and how we get them to stay. So the end product of assimilation, someone who's assimilated, is someone who's plugged in at this church. So not just regularly attending, but they've made friends here. Um, they're volunteering here. You know, they're part of a small group or, or whatever 
uh, program your church has. But that's what we're trying to get is that, that first time visitor to someone who's fully plugged in and engaged. Mm, that's awesome. And so, uh, so with assimilation, so why do you think it's so important? Like I find this discussion is coming up a lot more even in, in other, other people, other podcasts or blogs or whatever. People are putting stuff, a lot of stuff out about assimilation. It seems to be a lot hinging on that right now. Why do you think it's so important for us to talk about that in 2018? Well, again, the only way our churches grow is if new people come and if those new people stay. Yeah. So it's something we probably should have been talking about for the last 2,000 years because it's that fundamental and basic. Um, but just a lot of churches just awakening to the idea that, oh, we need to have some kind of a game plan here. Yeah. Um, and arriving a little bit late to the table is actually youth pastors and young adult leaders is that, oh, well, maybe this applies to us as well. Yeah. That for my youth group to grow, new kids need to come and then stay. Yeah. Um, and it's that process. Well, how do we get somebody new to stay? And fundamentally understanding what it feels like to be that 15-year-old kid who's never been to church before, never been to youth before, um, who is probably crying in the parking lot, begging their mom, making me not asking mom not to make me go and ending up at that door at the first time. Mm -hmm. How are we treating that kid and how do we get that kid plugged in so he's got friends here, he loves here, and that God is changing and transforming his life and destiny? That's amazing. So like, so let, let's flesh that out a little bit into what that might look like in a, in a youth ministry. So we talked about what assimilation might look like and probably focused on a lot in, in church life and on a Sunday morning, whatever. Let's take that to youth ministry. Like, how does that apply? What, how can we have an effective uh, strategy, assimilation strategy for youth ministry? Well, we've got a couple of options. Um, and I'm gonna use just sort of the, the, the typical Friday night. Sure. Like, I don't know when any given church is gonna meet, yeah. but the Friday night youth event, and then Sunday morning, because we've got two major opportunities for assimilation in mm -hmm. both of those. Mm -hmm. um, so if we'll start with, with Sunday morning, a ton of kids um, who come to your church will come to Sunday morning first. From their parents probably. That's right, their parents will probably bring them out. Mm -hmm. Occasionally they'll come out with a friend or you know they'll be curious and show up, but often Sunday morning is the first experience a kid has. Now just put yourself in, again, your, your 15 year old self, you're showing up into a strange environment and yeah, you might see other teens there, but particularly when we're talking about Gen Z, Gen Z doesn't have a lot of social skills and when you see other teens, these are just people who can prey on me. You know, and even if you see, oh, there's pretty girls there too. Oh, great, there's people who can reject me, make me feel bad about myself. So mm -hmm. simply having teenagers there yeah. um, isn't gonna be enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you didn't make a relational connection, going to youth group is gonna be terrifying for you. But what if, what if you went for the first time to church and three other teens came up and approached you, two guys and a girl, you know, asked you your name, you know, connected with you and said, hey, we get together every Friday night, you should come, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, quite frankly, if one of those who talked to you was a girl, <laughs> that a girl talked to you, you're coming. <laughs> you better believe it, you know? And, you know, put the other way around, you know, even if you're a girl, you know, and two girls and a guy come talk to you and invite you out, okay, you're coming. Mm -hmm. You're definitely gonna be there because you've got that relational connection. 
Um, we, we tell you know, senior pastors this all the time. It's not good enough to be friendly. You have to be friends. Um, and when you make that relational connection, that's what makes it happen. So that can be part of your Sunday game is realize that you've got a lot of fish swimming by your stream every Sunday. You need to put some nets in the water. Mm -hmm. You can grow your youth group from that. But then when Friday happens, okay, we need to have some kind of game in play that as soon as they walk in the door, somebody's greeting them. And if, if they're new, then they need to escort them and introduce them to several people so they can make those relational connections. So let's say medium case scenarios, not best, not the worst. I come to your youth group for the first time and I meet Jeremy. Well, that's great, you know, I have, I've made one friend here, that's okay. I come for my second visit. My anxiety is probably just about as high as my first and I'm gonna be scanning that crowd for Jeremy. And once I see Jeremy, I'm gonna <laughs> be like a heat-seeking missile to your side because you're my island of social safety. Mm -hmm. But what if I come that second visit and Jeremy's not here? Mm -hmm. Anxiety right back to where it was on my first visit. And I might not come back again because this is emotional hell. Yeah. Well, let's replay the tape. What if the first time I met Jeremy, Jeremy introduced me to Dave, Bob, Lisa, and Sandy. Now I come back, Jeremy's not there. But hey, there's Dave, there's Bob, there's Lisa, there's Sandy. I've got, in this crowd, I've got several islands of safety where I know mm -hmm. people. It actually kind of feels like I'm working the crowd, mm -hmm. um, that I'm fitting in here. You know, and it's doing this intentionally. How do we have a strategy so we're introducing kids to other kids, to other leaders, and how are we even structuring the events and activities that's encouraging relationship development? Mm -hmm. So if we're just coming and sort of watching a show or presentation together, okay, I'm not, not making any relational connection, I'm not making any friends. But the more we can facilitate that friendship building process, the way better this is gonna go, and our youth group's gonna grow. Fundamentally, this is our primary competitive advantage over the world. Um, the world can have bigger concerts than we have. Um, the world can have just as many video games as we have, and the world has a lot to offer. Uh, they've got bigger roller coasters. But what the world doesn't offer is easy ways to make good friends. Yeah. It's a nightmare, particularly for this Gen Z, for them to make friends anywhere. Um, this is something we have that the world doesn't offer. And we latch on to this and we get good at this. Um, our youth groups, our churches are gonna explode. And fundamentally, it's not just about growing our youth group, but if you look at your gospels, I'm gonna point out something like stupid and ridiculously obvious, but Jesus actually knew the disciples. Like when Jesus discipled the disciples, yeah. it happened within the context of relationship. Yeah. They were friends, and they did friend stuff together. Um, they went on road trips, they did barbecue, um, they went water skiing, uh, or Peter did once. Um, but they did stuff together. Mm -hmm. So discipleship always happens in the context of relationship. And when we've tried in 2,000 years of church history to do discipleship without relationship, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So. That assimilation process is how do we get that first time kid plugged in so he's made friends here because that's when discipleship can happen. That's when we achieve our mission. Mm -hmm. That's so good, that's really good. What would you say to 
I don't know, a youth pastor who's listening to this and they're just trying to figure out, okay, that, that all makes sense, but what are my next steps? Like, like what, what would you suggest? Like, I don't really have anything in place right now for assimilation. I don't feel like kids are sticking in the youth group at all, like newcomers or whatever. Like, what are some next steps that I can do to actually like create an effective assimilation program right now? Okay, well, one thing you can do right, on, right out of the gate, uh, and this is another principle that I totally stole from Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Jesus identified the responsive. So, I mean, he talked to crowds, and it's the people that responded to him. Those are the people he worked with. So within your youth group, even if you've got like a youth group of eight kids, um, among those eight kids, who are the most friendly and most passionate about growing your youth group? Start working with them and say, hey, can you help me connect when new kids arrive? Hmm. And I will train you and... You can work as a group. You don't have to do this alone. Like I suggest like a group of three, you know, and mixed gender. Mm -hmm. Um, So two guys and a girl, two girls and a guy. And when somebody new shows up, that group of three approach them, you know, talk to them, find out what they're doing. Um, That's a great way of doing. And there's a, a good signal you can actually use, like particularly if you come from a larger youth group, who are the kids that are new? Just quite frankly, anybody you don't know do this with. Um, but often you'll see a kid with their, their security blanket, and it looks just like this. Yeah. And you'll see a kid, you know, doing this at youth group. Well, they're not closing a business deal right now. It's not like they really had, no, somebody vitally important I needed to be talking to. Yeah. No, no, this is a security blanket, so I don't feel like a loser and I don't look like a loser. It looks like I'm just busy. Totally. So somebody starts waving one of these around. This is a cry, come and talk to me right now. That's yeah. what this is. So, um, so just... You know, having your eye open for that, but start off with building that first team where your job is to meet new people and connect them. Mm-hmm. Um, train your youth leaders that, hey, when you see a kid you don't know, you make a bullseye for them, you find out who they are and introduce them to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're designing your, whether you're game-based or project-based or dis- discussion-based, like however you run your system, Run it with relationship building in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, make things as interactive and cross-interactive as possible so kids are talking to each other, not just talking to you. Um, th- that's how y- you get started. That's so good. That's awesome. So, John, I do have, uh, to kind of end off here, I have a, a, a question that I've asked a lot of our um, interviewees recently. And they've all have varying answers. And so um, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on this, but I'm looking to know if you believe in Bigfoot or not. I just saw the movie. No, I saw the movie Smallfoot, but there are a lot of big feet in it. But uh, yeah, I'm not really a Yeti kind of guy. Really? No, no. What about Loch Ness Monster? No, can't say I go for Loch Ness Monster either. You know, I'm sure there's some species we haven't discovered, but... uh... Okay, what about bring it home, though? Uh, Our last interviewer, we asked him, um, and he said maybe Ogopogo. (laughs) What about Ogopogo in the Okanagan? Okay, my inner eight-year-old, he wants to believe. As a kid, man, I scanned those waters of yeah. the Okanagan <laughs> with hopes and dreams of seeing the Ogopogo. So far, I've only seen him as a statue. Okay, you never met him, actually. No, you I didn't did grab your feet or anything like that? No. Okay. Although I heard there was like an ice cream dish called the Ogopogo. 
Um, I can't remember if it was in Penticton uh, or uh, Kelowna, but it was like six feet long ice cream tray. Um, I certainly believe in that. Well, he that exists right there. That's right. That's I'm a believer. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, well, thanks so much, John, for joining us today and uh, just speaking a bit about assimilation for us. Why don't you tell everyone where they can connect with you online? So you can email me um, at coach at abnwt.com. That's short for Alberta Northwest Territories. Um, so you can email me there. Um, I'm more than happy to help out you and your church. And even if you're outside of our district or outside of our denomination, I don't care. Uh, we fly the flag of Jesus higher than the flag of our denomination. We will bend over backwards to help you out um, and get resources out to you. Thanks, John, so much for joining us today. Appreciate you chatting with us about assimilation. Hopefully this has been really helpful for you guys. And uh, just to think a little bit further about assimilation and how you're gonna incorporate that into your youth ministry to help your youth ministry grow and be more healthy. So love you guys and we'll chat with you soon.